Hey everybody, welcome to Webster Women of Courage podcast. This month, for the month of June, we had a very, very special guest speaker, our very own Becca Wilder. (laughs) Um, She talked to us about welcoming the weight. And so, Becca, we're so happy that you decided to share your message that the Lord had laid on your heart. Um, hey, I'm just happy that y'all let me. <laughs> <laughs> we're happy that we're happy that you we forced you to. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. So anyway, we hope you enjoy um, the message that the Lord put on Becca's heart about welcoming the weight. Yes, she is um, the founder of Women of Courage of Western Parish, and. My first miracle baby. (laughs) Rebecca Price Wilder. Introduction. Um, thank you, Cox family. Are y'all like out here? Y'all, I mean, come on. I'm just gonna move. I don't like. I'm gonna go to the center with this thing. Um, that was just amazing, and it was so funny because I reached out um, to Miss Christy, and I was like, "Hey, I really would love to have um, have your family lead our worship," and she was like, "Well." We, they have something else going on, um, but but let me see what I can do. And I'm just so thankful um, that they chose tonight. Sorry, I'm getting everything in the red. Um, I'm just so thankful that they chose tonight to be with us, and um, what a special treat that that was. Um, I'm kind of speechless <laughs> right now, and just looking around the room and seeing all of the the women that came out tonight. I've got some of my sweet co-workers who came over from Shreveport. I've got my sister who came from Dallas to see me. I've got my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my best friends, and my sweet husband who, y'all, it's his birthday today. So I feel the need for we won't sing happy birthday, but maybe we just like say happy birthday like all together. Okay, ready? One, two, oh, his name's Lawson. One, two, three. Happy birthday, Lawson! <laughs> He's such a good sport uh, being here. Um, man, I'm just like, my heart is going to explode tonight. I'm just, um, I'm just so gracious that you allowed me to. Um, to be your speaker for tonight. I will tell you that this was not a decision that was made lightly. Um, You can ask the the women um, who kind of helped me uh, as like a leadership team, I guess you could say. I knew that when God put Webster Women on my heart, that um, Women of Courage on my heart, I knew he wanted me to share this message, but I just fought it. I was like, no, God, like, I can't do that. I'm... I don't want this to be about me. This isn't about me. I want everything, every part of this ministry to be about you. And um, eventually I I brought it up um, to my my little team of ladies and cried, of course, because that's what I do. Um, And they were just super encouraging and super supportive and said, you got to do it, Becca. So once we picked the date, I began putting words to paper. I had all the words in my heart and my mind. I just hadn't like actually put words to paper. And I will tell you that I have probably rewritten this like 12 times. <laughs> um, because since then, I mean, God just keeps doing things and um, keeps putting things on my heart. And I just want you to know that there was time and prayer and effort and energy that went into what I'm going to share with you tonight. Um, I I need to preface a couple of things before I get started. Um, number one, 
I am on uh, fertility meds, and I just got on a new one, so y'all just bear with me. I'm like a little cuckoo, so <laughs> y'all just hang in there with me. Um, I warned y'all last month not to wear mascara, so if you wore it, sorry, that was your choice. Um, I did not. I said there's just no point. Um, also, was any who was here the month that Allie Hammett spoke and she talked about her um, spiritual gifts. Okay, so I was like, man, I need to figure out what my spiritual gifts are. Like that just sounds. I need to do that. So I did the quiz thing, and my top spiritual gift was leadership. Um, my second one, top, my second highest was administration. I was like, that is so boring. Um, and my very lowest score was teaching, which is like what I do for my job now. Like, I'm an occupational therapist and I do still, um, I do still do some patient care, but my primary role now is to teach, which is just like hilarious. Um, and I, I just have to share that so that like you know not to set the bar super high for tonight. Just like set it kind of low, okay? Um, I also want you to know that I am a Christian and I have accepted the Lord as my, um, my personal Savior. And I think that's just important to know who is speaking to you. Um, I accepted Jesus when I was in the sixth grade. I was uh, super involved in church and youth group and, and choir, FCA officer, kind of all those things. Um, and then there was a period of my life where I was still kind of doing those things, but like I wasn't really living for Jesus. And if you knew me during that time, you're probably sitting there going, really? Like this girl's talking to me about Jesus? Like this is the one who started that ministry? Um, but here's what I know. My God is a good God, and he is faithful, and he forgives, and he has completely restored my soul and just brought him back to him, and now all I want to do is live for him. Um, so that's, that's really what I'm trying to do. Amen. Um, okay, I have a question for you, and don't be like all humble and stuff. Who would say, who feels like they are a pretty patient person? Okay, that's really funny that my mom raised her hand. I'm going to tease, I'm going to tease her. <laughs> Look, I've got to say this because whenever I say, whenever I, I got this shirt made, I said, mom, do you want, you want me to make you one of these shirts too? And she said, now Becca. <laughs> You know I don't like to wait. <laughs> so that's funny. But okay, wait. Whoever wrote, uh, put their hand up in the air for that, at the end of this, we're going to have a special meet and greet time at the end, and you're just going to lay your hands on me and rub all that patience onto me. So don't run out of here at the end. Um, but who maybe walked in here tonight and saw the word wait on my shirt? Maybe you saw the clocks on the table and you were like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, I'm kind of checked out. Like, maybe I'll just eat and sneak out of here. Like, I'm just not really into hearing uh, what she has to say about waiting. And I'm going to be honest. Um, two years ago, that was me. And maybe a little part of me is still that. Like the fact that I'm talking about waiting and patience is just kind of hilarious. Um, but it's a struggle for me. I'm not a patient person. And I was doing some, some studying on, on waiting and patience. And I, I came across this story about two brothers who were five and seven and they were really, really, really hungry and just ready to eat. And um, their mom was making burgers, so it was taking longer. And they were fighting between, like, who was going to get the first burger, okay? So the mom said, you know, if Jesus was here, he would let his brother have the first bite. So how about we all be like Jesus? And so the seven-year-old looked at his little brother and said, okay, how about you be Jesus first? <laughs> and I was like... I'm like, you could be Jesus, but I am hungry, and I'm ready to eat. And that is just 
just like, <laughs> I just got the biggest kick out of that. Um, but I think that patience and waiting is just really something that we as a society struggle with. We don't like to wait. Everything is so instant for us now. Um, I laugh. One of my best friends is here, and uh, I think about her son. <laughs> and, you know, kids now, like, you have Netflix or you have DVR, and, like, so they don't really know commercials. Like, they kind of freak out, and they're like, but what is this? My show is gone. Get me back my show. And I just think of her sweet little boy being like, get the commercials off. Like, they don't know how to handle <laughs> because they're so used to do those instant things. I'm not picking on I love my sweet cabot. Uh, I think that's probably true for, for a lot of kids. But how about, uh, does anyone like waiting in traffic? Anyone? No, okay. Uh, how about waiting in line at the grocery store? I mean, is that just like super fun for anybody? No. I, uh, I actually just read a statistic the other day that whenever people have to wait in line for 30 seconds, they immediately are like, I'm done waiting. I've lost my patience. I'm going to go get in that other line. <laughs> 30 seconds, y'all. And then I was thinking just the other day when my husband and I were at Walmart and we picked the slow line and we're like, oh, man, we should have gotten in that other line. And then probably you move to the other line and then it slows down, right? And then you'd like do this juggle thing. We just hate waiting. It's just not fun. What about when you are waiting for your child to get ready on Sunday morning for church? Anyone like that? I do not have any children yet, but I have a husband. <laughs> so I sort of understand. I love you. Yeah, I do. Oh, man. You know when I'm really bad at being patient? When I'm driving on that highway from Minden to Homer. Y'all know I live in Homer. I don't know what that road's called, whatever it is. But the speed limit is 55, which really means... 60 and then you get behind someone going like 45 and a no passing zone yeah that's when i want to lose my mind and i do not have thoughts of a patient christian woman i'm just going to be honest that's a struggle for me but what about other things um other things that we wait on like waiting for a husband or waiting for that perfect job or waiting to be accepted into the college of your dreams, or waiting for a lost child to find their way back to Jesus, or waiting for the chains of addiction to break, or waiting for, your, uh, for healing for your sick spouse or your loved one, or waiting for a child. You see, those things are a lot different than just those every, everyday things that we wait on, right? Because with those things, we don't know that we'll ever see the end result. You know, with getting stuck in traffic and waiting in the grocery line, those things we know are eventually going to happen, right? Like, I'm eventually going to make it to work, Lord willing. I'm eventually going to make it through the grocery line. But those other things, we don't know. We're not promised that we're going to get those things, and we don't know that they're ever going to come. So that makes it a it much more difficult of a waiting process. Uh, as my mom kind of mentioned, and if you've been to any of our Women of Courage events or if you know me personally, you know that my husband and I have been struggling with infertility for quite some time. And, um, and through that, um, that waiting process over the past two years or so, the Lord has just really been working on my heart and teaching me what it means to wait and how to wait well um, and, and the things that... Um, should be occurring during that waiting process. And so that's what I'm going to share with you tonight. Now I'm going to use an acronym to guide us because that's what the internet suggested that I do to improve my teaching skills. <laughs> no, I'm really just kidding. I'm just kidding. Every single part of this message was completely from the Holy Spirit. And I know that to be a fact because I'm just not this clever. Like, these things just would not come from my brain. So I know that they came from the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to use the word wait to show how to live in this waiting process. And I know that you're all waiting on something, some big thing, some little things. If you're not waiting on anything, just wait. It's probably going to happen. Okay. 
And before I get to the acronym, I'm going to be super um, real and honest with you. We're getting ready for round two of IVF, in vitro fertilization. So basically where they take my eggs, they uh, combine it with my husband's sperm, they put them in a little Petri dish, and then they hope that they grow into this embryo baby, and then they put that embryo back into my uterus, okay? It's a really bizarre, crazy, um, expensive process that we get to go through twice. Yay! <laughs> it's all good. But I've really, I, you know, I felt like I was doing a really good job uh, of waiting up until probably about six months or so ago. And y'all, I'm sorry, I keep, I see another one of my coworkers and I'm just like, oh my God, I just want to cry. Okay, sorry, I'm distracted. Um, but I've really been struggling with waiting. And I even struggled to get up here to talk to you tonight about how to wait when I've really kind of been sucking at it. <laughs> and um, I talked to my sweet, sweet counselor. Um, and if you, I just cannot say enough good things about um, a good Christian counselor in your life. But she told me, she said, you know what? I really think that you need to just be open and honest and share that with the people that you're going to be talking to. Because maybe that's going to make it more relatable for those women there tonight. And so I hope that, hope that that's what happens. All right, so you ready to get into the word wait? Okay, if you'll just bow with me, I'm going to open us in prayer before we get started. Father, we come to you tonight just asking that you help clear away any distractions that we have right now. So that we can fully focus on you and your word. I pray that you calm my nerves, God, and just allow the Holy Spirit to just fully activate and just completely take over my body, God. I pray that each word that comes out of my mouth is directly from you. Jesus, bless this night, bless this message, and bless the women in this room. We thank you so much that we can even be here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So the very first thing that the Lord put on my heart about nine or so months ago was this. Learn to welcome, there's your W, learn to welcome the weight instead of wishing the weight away because God is working in the weight. I know it's long, but you can blame the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say it again. Learn to welcome the weight Instead of wishing the weight away, because God is working in the weight. Remember, I'm not a patient person. I always want to wish the weight away. I'm like, uh-uh, I ain't about that. I don't want to wait. But God is working in the waiting, and he wants, to, he wants us to experience his marvelous works in that process. One of my favorite waiting stories in the Bible is about Joseph. All the way at the very beginning uh, in, in Genesis. Joseph was the youngest brother and the favorite child. I don't know what it is about those, those youngest siblings. I'm looking at... No, no. <laughs> but he was the favorite child. And Joseph's brothers despised him because of that. No, I just lost him twice. That's what happens when I just look up. Mm -hmm. So the story goes on and on, and it talks about this dream that Joseph has. And in the dream, he sees the sheaves of grain, the sun, the moon, the 11 stars. All of them are bowing down to him, which is, is, is symbolic for all of his family, basically bowing down to him. And he shares that with his family, which then makes his brothers dislike him even more, right? So much so that they sold him to slavery when he was 17 years old. But the Bible said that the Lord was with Joseph. And so through this slavery process, he ended up um, being blessed and basically became Potiphar's right-hand man. Okay? But with that, um, Potiphar's wife started desiring Joseph. Joseph refused because Joseph was a man after God's heart, not Potiphar's wife's heart. And then she blamed him for wanting to sleep, on, sleep with her, which then landed Joseph in prison. But again, the Lord showed Joseph favor through that. 
This is all in Genesis 37 through 42. I really encourage you, if you don't know this story, to go back and, and um, read it. It's a really, really neat um, uh, scripture. But here's what I love. The Bible tells us, But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison, prison warden. You see, God never left Joseph in that really dark and difficult place while he was just sitting there waiting. God was still working. So there's other prisoners in, this, uh, in the prison, and they have uh, dreams. And so Joseph interprets both of their dreams, the cupbearer and the chief baker. Both of them come true. Um, good for the cupbearer, not good for the baker, if you don't know the story. Um, so the cupbearer gets released out of prison, and Joseph's like, yes, this is the time. Like, he's going he's gonna to tell them what I did and interpreted his dream and how it came true, and I'm going to get out of prison. But the cupbearer left the prison and then completely forgot about Joseph. It was like, poof, didn't even know it happened. So Joseph sat in that prison for two more years. Two more years of waiting and waiting and waiting. But here's what, what I want you to know about that time. Joseph remained faithful to God in the wait. He remained diligent and hardworking. He remained kind to others. He forgave those who hurt him. You see, God was shaping Joseph and his character through this whole waiting process. He didn't leave him. And after those two years had passed, Pharaoh ended up having a dream. And it was like the Lord just all of a sudden gave the memory back to the cupbearer of what Joseph had did uh, when he interpreted his dream. And so he told Pharaoh, and then Joseph was finally able to get out of prison and able to help Pharaoh. And then ended up saving the whole land of Egypt. Okay? God was still working in the waiting. And if he would have allowed Joseph out of that prison any sooner, then Joseph wouldn't have been able to fulfill his destiny in saving the land. God's timing is perfect, always. God grew Joseph through the waiting rather than just letting him go through it. And that's what he can do in your waiting season too. So many incredible things have happened during this waiting process uh, for myself and my husband. One of the biggest blessings being this ministry. You see, if we hadn't have gone through um, what we did on our first round of IVF, I don't think that I would be here. And I don't think that um, this ministry would have come. It probably would have. And I'm sure he probably would have found um, someone who was probably way better at it than me. Yeah, but <laughs> you're so sweet. <laughs> But it wouldn't have been me. I really feel like um, God is growing me through this and he continues to grow me. Psalms, 40, uh, Psalms 27, 14 tells us, if you have your Bible, this is one of my, my favorite verses about waiting. Psalm 27, 14 tells us, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Waiting is not optional. The Bible tells us, he tells us that we have to wait and that we're called to wait on the Lord and his timing. Ladies, we gotta learn how to welcome the wait and not wish it away so that we don't miss the blessing that God is working on in that wait. A, actively praise and worship God in the wait. In Luke, uh, in Acts, there's this story um, that Luke talks about where Paul and Silas had been, um, had been beaten and thrown into the prison. Their feet bound together in this prison. It's like real deal prison, y'all. And what did Paul do? Acts 16.25 says this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. 
Worship is ministry to God. In that difficult season that Paul and Silas were in, they weren't just sulking and sad and saying, why, God, are we in this prison? No, they were ministering to others in the prison through praise and worship. And I want to just stop there real quick because if you have found yourself feeling sad or mad or just confused at the waiting season that you're in right now, that's okay. Those are okay feelings to have. I have had those feelings. And then I beat myself up about it saying, man, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have those feelings and emotions. But that's not true. That's just not true. Those are normal emotions to feel. But what God wants us to do with those emotions is to draw closer to him and to let him speak truth and life into those feelings. So Paul and Silas sang and praised God while they were chained up in that prison. Are you actively praising God in the midst of your hard time that you're going through or your hard waiting season? Are you actively worshiping? This has been a struggle for me the past couple of months. It just has. My emotions and my feelings of despair have just tried to kind of take over, which has clouded my ability to actively praise Jesus. But it's in those moments that I remind myself of the truth. And the truth tells me in Isaiah 40, 29, I'm sure many of you know this verse. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And in verse 31, it says, but those who hope, and in some translations that word hope means wait, meaning actively wait. So, but those who actively wait in the Lord will renew their strength. Praising God strengthens us. It strengthens those around us. And it strengthens our faith. Praise and worship allows us time to acknowledge the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Worship is powerful, y'all. What happened just a few minutes ago when the Cox family sang and we worshiped and we were joyful? You were able to focus your hearts and your minds on Jesus. In that moment, you were able to shut out any room for the enemy and gave him no space to reside in your heart. But worship is more than just singing. It can be prayer or reading or dancing or journaling. But the most important thing is that it's active worship rather than a passive acknowledgement of our living Savior. So that was A. I intentionally seek God during the wait. Intentionally seek Him. If you turn to Matthew 6, verse 33, this is one of my favorite scriptures. And it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, I want to break this uh, verse down for you a little bit. (laughs) This is going to make me sound a little stupid. Uh, (laughs) So when I did some digging into the word seek and how it's used specifically in this verse, I found that it's used as a present imperative verb. Now, I will admit that I had to call my mother and be like, Mom, what does present imperative verb mean? It's okay. I'm not ashamed. I do have my doctorate, but that's like in helping people, not in like English. Okay. Um, But what that means is to pursue something and keep pursuing it without stopping. Pursue something and keep pursuing without stopping. And I love that. That's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus is to intentionally seek and never stop seeking him and his face. Now, how do we do this? (laughs) Easier said than done, right? 
Seeking God means to seek his presence or his face. It means to fix our mind's attention and our heart's affection on God. It's a conscious effort on our part. Seeking God doesn't just like happen. You don't just like walk around seeking him without any effort coming from you. It takes effort and it can be hard. It really can. It means um, that we have to be dedicated to it and we have to give our attention and not just like our multitasking attention where like we say we can like attend to this and attend to that and attend to that at the same time. That's not the kind of attention that it takes. God wants our full focus and our full attention. It means being in his word daily. Something that I still work on. It means talking to God throughout the day and not just when you bless the food. It means that you allow the Holy Spirit to guide your thoughts and actions. One thing I want to stress, though, in Matthew 33, and I think this is something that gets misinterpreted a lot. You see, the end of that verse says, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, to fully understand this verse, you need to understand the context around it, right? That's when we get in trouble uh, when reading the Bible, when we just pick out a verse and then we kind of make our own assumptions about what that means. But the context around this verse is um, Jesus is doing his famous Sermon on the Mount, and he's telling the people not to worry. He's explaining how our Heavenly Father takes care of the birds and the flowers. And if he takes care of them, then how much more will he take care of you? So in verse 33, what Jesus is saying is that by seeking God and his righteousness... He's going to take care of you. It doesn't mean that God is going to give you the things that you are really wanting and waiting for. We're not promised that. When we were getting ready for our first round of IVF, we were really excited, which sounds weird. Like nobody's like, yeah, I want to do IVF. Like that's just not your, your first uh, idea. But we got to the point where um, this was our option. Um, and I know that there's other options, but for us, we decided that this was going to be our option. And so we were really excited. We, we just, we were hopeful and we were trusting God and we just knew it was going to work. We're like, yeah, IVF works for people all the time, so it's just going to work. We were doing all the right things. We were going to church. We were reading the Bible. We were praying. We were getting more involved in the church. So surely this was going to be a success. When I went in for the egg retrieval, um, which that's just a whole crazy thing, um, we were really hopeful with an estimated like 20 to 25 eggs. And, and how it works is uh, you want a higher number of eggs because only half of the eggs that they retrieve are gonna actually be mature. And then like half of that's gonna actually fertilize with the embryo. And then like half of those embryos will maybe make it. So the higher the number, the better the chances. And so when I woke up from the egg retrieval, I saw the number eight on my hand, which meant they had only retrieved eight eggs. So that was kind of a, a shocker. Um, and then the five days after the egg retrieval are, are really, really rough in terms of waiting. They call you every other day to tell you like, the status of your eggs and your embryos and so you're just kind of you can't think about anything else because you're just waiting on that phone call to be like you have blah 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 or your eggs or your embryos or whatever thankfully um so we had eight eggs only four were mature only two of them actually fertilized and, and turned into um embryos and we were blessed that both of those embryos made it to day five that's kind of like the indicator you want to to make it to day five. But they weren't really like that great of quality embryos. And so the, the doctor and the embryologist, they were like, I really think your best shot is to transfer both of, both of these embryos. And so that's what we did five days after the egg retrieval. 
We transferred um, both of our sweet little embryo babies. And then, guess what? <laughs> you get to wait some more. <laughs> and if you've been, if you've done any kind of infertility treatment, you probably know that the 10-day wait is like the worst wait ever. So they transfer these embryos and then they say, okay, go home. Have fun. We'll see you in 10 days. And then you have the blood test to tell you whether or not um, you're pregnant. And so it was um, the day before my blood test and I was teaching my grad students and I started to bleed. And I just instantly had this sinking feeling. So I called my nurse practitioner and she, you know, she tried to say, don't stress, like, it could be implantation bleeding. Like, don't think the worst. It's going to be fine. You have your blood test tomorrow. But I just kind of knew. I feel like you just kind of have that, that feeling. So the next morning, we went and had my blood test. And then you get to wait some more. It's not like they just do your, take your blood and then they're like, hey, here you go. Here's your results. No. You give them your blood and they say, okay, go home. Bye. And then you have to wait even longer for the phone call to tell you the results. And so, see y'all, I told you, hormone medicine, y'all just bear with me. I got the call that afternoon, and my sweet nurse practitioner, she answered the phone, she said, Becca, I've been dreading making this phone call. And I just fell to my knees. You see, God doesn't promise that we're going to get the things that we're waiting for. He doesn't say that. But you know what he does promise? He promises to take care of us. And he promises to pick us back up when we fall to our knees. Romans 8.28, another verse that I'm sure you're really familiar with. And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. He uses all things for good. Even if it doesn't seem good, he uses it for good. He used my story, or our infertility, to start this ministry. He used my story to help me connect to other women who are struggling with infertility to support them and encourage them, which has been like the biggest encouragement to me. And he's, con he's continuing to use this time for good. All right, T. This is an easy one. You could probably guess what this is going to, uh, the T is going to stand for. But the T is trust God in the wait. And Proverbs 3, 5 has been, um, sorry y'all, I can't look at people, uh, other people that are crying, and then that just makes me cry more. Well, I'm just going to stare at the wall. <laughs> stare at the wall. It's like when I'm singing, I look up. <laughs> My husband always knows, you're about to cry because I saw you looking up. I'm like, I was about to cry. <laughs> but Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. I know that it's hard, incredibly hard to trust God in your waiting season, whether, whatever that waiting season looks like for you. It's so easy to sit and ask God, why? Like, why me, God? Why can all of these other women have babies and I can't? But guess what? It's not our job to know why. It's not. Only God knows why. And maybe a better question to ask when you start to have those feelings in, your, um, in that moment is to ask, what do you want me to learn in this waiting process? Less than two weeks ago, ooh, Sorry, look, I, I didn't mean to mess up your mic there, Mark, because I'm like, why did my snot? That's cute. Um, <laughs> real cute. 
Um, yeah, that's, it is what it is, you know. Allie says all the time, I'm just a hot mess. Same, girl, same. Hot mess express. So about two weeks ago, I went to visit a new mom and her precious newborn baby. It was such a sweet moment as I have watched this uh, girl grow. And now to see her flourishing as a new mom, it was just really special. And as sweet as that moment was, and it really, really was, I had to fight off tears the entire time. My heart was just like beating out of my chest. And I found myself reverting back to that why God mentality. And as I was driving home, I don't know how to explain it, but other than it was just the Holy Spirit. But I felt the most calming presence come over me. And I could hear him saying, my plans for you are bigger. Y'all, God has bigger plans for you than you can even comprehend. He's doing things and he's working in ways that we just can't even imagine. God worked in the life of the chief cup, the chief cupbearer, and he gave him the memory of Joseph accurately interpreting, interpreting his dream just at the perfect time. The Bible tells us that Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of the Pharaoh king of Egypt, the second in command. Remember that his brothers sold him into slavery when he was 17. That's 13 years. Hopefully I did that math right. <laughs> That's, okay. That's 13 years of waiting for his destiny. Isaac and Rebecca waited 20 years before they were blessed with a child. Sarah was 90 years old. <laughs> Please, Lord, don't, don't that. <laughs> But she was 90 years old when she got pregnant after over 25 years of trying. The Hebrew people waited for deliverance for over 400 years. Jesus waited 30 years to officially begin his ministry. And guess what? He's still waiting right now to return back to us. We have to trust that God is in the wait. We have to trust that he will work all things for good. And like I said, it may not feel good in the moment. Trust me. I did not feel good in the moment of receiving that phone call that we had lost our only two precious little embryo babies. But we had faith that God was going to move and he was going to do something through our suffering. And now we continue to trust God as we prepare for round two. I start shots in 17 days. Y'all pray for me. I do not do needles. And so my sweet husband has become like the best nurse ever, the best shot giver. So I'm thankful that he's okay with shots because I'm that would not be good. So I start shots in 17 days, and I'm going to have my second egg retrieval in about a month. Our doctor is giving us a 50-50 chance of success. Flip of a coin. And it can be so hard to think that there is a large possibility of this not working for the second time. But you know what? My God is bigger than a 50-50 chance. He is bigger than infertility. He is bigger than IVF. He is bigger than your addiction. He is bigger than your rejection letter. He is bigger than cancer. He is bigger than anything that you're waiting on right now. And I trust that no matter what the outcome is, that God's gonna use the wait for good. And I'm going to continue to trust that one day I'm going to be a mama. 
And I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know when that's going to happen. But I know one day I will be. And I know that one day I'm going to get to see my two precious babies in heaven. Because I believe that life begins at conception. And it doesn't matter if that life was conceived inside of me or in a petri dish. Those were our little babies. And it's just so comforting to know that one day I'm going to see them. You see, I don't know how I would make it through infertility without Jesus. And I don't know how people do. Without a real relationship with Jesus. And I'm not just talking about going to church on Sunday. Maybe you read your Bible here and there. Or maybe your Bible stays in the car every other day except for Sunday. I mean a real, daily, close, loving relationship with your Heavenly Daddy. And if you don't have that kind of relationship, I pray that you will talk to someone about how to do that. And we're going to have an opportunity for that in a minute. But I pray that you intentionally seek Jesus and that you accept Him tonight. I pray for any woman in this room who is pressing on during a tough waiting season, that you are actively worshiping Jesus and trusting that he's got you. He's got you. There are little pieces of paper on the table in front of you. And um, what I want you to do, we're all waiting on something. Maybe it's something really big and really heavy. Something that's captivating your thoughts, your time, your money, your energy, your focus. Things that we should turn over to Jesus and just say, Here, Lord, I am handing this weight over to you. I release it to you. Tonight, I am choosing to welcome the weight and allow you to move, Jesus. I am choosing to actively praise and worship you despite my heartache. Tonight I'm choosing to intentionally seek you and establish a deeper, intimate relationship with you. Tonight I'm choosing to put all of my trust in you and your plan during this waiting season, Lord. Tonight I'm deciding to wait on your timing for your provision and for your blessing. So during our last worship song tonight, I encourage you to write down whatever that big weight may be. And then I'm going to challenge you to bring it up here. We're just going to call this our altar for tonight. Bring it up here. Lay it down on the altar. And say, I'm leaving it, Jesus. I'm leaving it for you. At the end, I'm going to be collecting all of those. And I want you to know that I'm going to be praying for those weights specifically. We're going to have ladies here in the front. I've got my prayer team kind of scattered around the room. So we're going to have ladies in the front. We're going to have ladies in the back. Maybe you just need prayer during your waiting season. Maybe you need help getting connected to a local church. You see, this is great. This Women of Courage, this monthly gathering, this is great. But it doesn't replace the church. Maybe you have been thinking about making Jesus Lord of your life. And tonight is the night that you make the most important decision you'll ever make. I pray that you take this opportunity to do that tonight. We also have connection cards on the table, so if you'd rather um, leave your prayer request or your phone number, um, we pick those up and we contact you because we care about you. And so there's our, our metal and pink buckets that are at the end of those tables. You can just drop that in there or hand it to one of the prayer ladies. Singing praises to Jesus is one of my favorite most absolute favorite things to do. And tonight I get the honor to sing with my incredibly talented sister. So, if you will, please stand with us. Let me pray. Mm -hmm. 
and then join us as we actively praise and worship our Heavenly Dad. Father God, I come to you now with a heavy heart. I know specifically that there are women in this room who are also struggling with infertility. And I know how hard that is. And my heart just aches for them. But I know how good you are and how faithful you are. And I just ask that you pour into their hearts and you wrap your arms around them, God, and comfort them in this really difficult waiting season, God. And I know that there's other women who are waiting on other things. Maybe it's restoration in a marriage. Maybe they're waiting on their, their lost child to come back to you. Whatever it is, Lord, that they're waiting on, I just pray that something that you spoke through me tonight has encouraged them and uplifted them, God, in a mighty way. I pray that as we sing this song, this simple but powerful song of praise and worship, that you help us to remember that the most important thing that we can do is keep you, Jesus, at the center of it all. And if we can keep our hearts and our minds and um, our spirits just focused on you and centered on you in everything that we do, then we can make it through anything, no matter how, how difficult that may be. God, I'm asking that you give these women the courage to come lay down their weight before you and to actually say, Jesus, take it. Take this weight, God. Help me to trust in you through this. Help me to actively praise you through this. Help me to intentionally seek through this. And God, help me to welcome the weight because I know how good this weight can be because you are good and you are in control of it. God, I pray that you give these women the courage to step out and say, Jesus, I am yours and I want to turn my entire life over to you. I pray that you give them the courage to step forward and do that. I know that it's not an easy thing to do, but God, it's the best thing they could ever, ever do. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to do this in this ministry, God. Thank you for our infertility. Thank you for this weight. I know that sounds strange to say, God, but I'm truly thankful for the blessings that you have put on my life and Lawson's life and our family's life through this weight. You have strengthened us and you have done mighty, mighty things and you continue to do mighty things. And Lord, if it's your will that this round two works, then let us praise you and bless you with all of that. But God, if it's your will that this doesn't work, may we continue to still praise and bless you through that. God, we love you. Help us to honor you now in this time of worship. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. was so good Becca <laughs> will you sort of like so so you went through and um, gave us four points with the acronym wait yes uh, welcoming yeah. the wait actively praising and worshiping in the wait um, intentionally seeking him during the wait and then trusting God in the wait yeah so um, so you want to fill us in sort of we're a couple of months 
um, behind on posting. So we have some update on your yours and Lawson's story and journey. So you want to share a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think whenever I shared this, we were like getting ready to, I think we had like 17 days or something. We were getting ready for stem shots to start, you know, the egg production and all of that. And so we started that. There was lots of um, kind of hiccups, I would say, yeah. <laughs> through that process that like we, I developed a ovarian cyst and that was preventing growth in one ovary. And, and that was just a couple of days before. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then there wasn't really much happening in the other ovary. And then they were like, we might have to cancel this round. And mm-hmm. then we went back and they're like, Oh, well there is some growth. So now you have to make a decision. Like it was just a crazy kind of back and forth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but we ended up going through with it with pretty much one ovary Mm -hmm. (laughs) working. Um, and we got six eggs, which was great. Um, and then we ended up with two embryos. So we were able to transfer one embryo, what they call a fresh transfer. So Mm -hmm. five days after they retrieved my eggs, we went back for the transfer And then we found out the next day that one embryo had made it to the point where they could freeze the embryo. So we transferred the one and then we found out that we had the frozen one. So then like the day, the time period between the, the transfer and then when you have your blood test, and I'm pretty sure I referred to that, um, in my message is like the worst wait ever. Right. (laughs) Because you're pretty much just sitting there like, okay, baby, like. Do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. So I literally like the day of and after the transfer, I laid on the couch. Mm -hmm. I like put pillows under me. Right. Did you put your feet up? I was like upside down. Yeah. I really wanted to ask you that if you were like sitting with your feet up in there. Suspended from the ceiling. (laughs) You know, doing all the things. Right. Um, And then we, so yeah, we just kind of went through this waiting process I was really tempted to test that's like a yeah that's like a tempting thing for Um, sure but I said no because I don't want to have like a a false False negative negative, or a false positive right right we want it to be yeah yeah so the day before my my blood test I started to have some spotting Mm -hmm. which is what exactly what happened to us on the, the the last time and so, of course, that brought back, like, all the emotions mm-hmm. and just all the things. And so, we had the blood test the next day, and I was, like, a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I was a mess. <laughs> I was just in the clinic. Like, they couldn't get my blood from one arm, and I don't oh do goodness. well with that. And I'm, yeah. like, about to pass out, and then I'm just crying. And, oh, oh my goodness. goodness. It was just, it was interesting. So, yeah. anyway, so you, they take your blood that morning, and then you have to wait right day, you right. know for the results and so anyway I told my nurse like do not call me this time yeah I want you to text me the results right. and right. I don't want you to text me until I tell you that I'm home right and so uh I got home from work and she said hey I've got your results are you ready and um so yeah she I said yeah I'm ready and she said your H- HCG is only at a three mm. it's not what we hoped you can stop all your medications. Yeah. It didn't work. Right. And so I'm pretty sure like if I had something in my hand, well, I guess I did have my phone. I think I just like, I don't even know what I did, but I felt like I could probably like punch someone. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and that is not like very Christian like to I'm say. Just, I, it's so but honest. I just, like, it's so honest and so real. I just like wanted to throw something. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just... It's one of those things I think as a Christian, we're like, you know, we talk so much about like, yes, you're, we're trusting God. We're trusting his plan. He's a good, good God. And like, how do you walk through these journeys and these times of difficulty, but you still feel the hurt. Like, even when you know all of these things, like you still have to process that, that pain and that grief and that loss. And, um, so I mean, what, that was only 
two days ago. ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we're still processing and, um, you know, kind of just trying to figure out like, okay, God, like, What's the plan? What is the plan? Can you let us yeah. know it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you give us like a glimpse or something? We know that you're good. And um, all I know is that throughout this process, like every time that we've ever, t- like, you know, any text, it's always been, um, you've always been so solid. Like you have st- stood firm. Um, in your faith through all of this and I um, I have no idea like I don't I, I can't say how I would react but I just know that um, it's very um, inspirational to watch to watch you walk through this um, with such grace even though I know you wanted to punch somebody <laughs> I would have wanted to too I mean just you know when I got your text, I was just like, I, you know, my first is just why, you know, yeah. you want to ask the why, um, mm-hmm. but you have, you have stood firm. And so I'm very proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> very proud of you. I don't know. Whenever we got that text, uh, you know, it's like, it's It's like your whole, it's, it's just shattering, you know? Yeah. And, um, so my husband had bought me a gun for my birthday. <laughs> I've never shot a gun in my life. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, let's go learn how to shoot this thing. <laughs> what so, good therapy. <laughs> so we, I saw that post yeah. and I was like, well, that's all right. That's yeah. good. That's a good you wait, take out your yeah. and, and hit that target. Uh, yeah. Didn't, did, yep. it, did you say you hit all of them except for one or yep, something? Yep, I sure did. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so for we, never shooting a gun before. I think it was like the the, the anger just yeah, made me focus, laser focused. Focus. Oh my goodness, wow. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so there you go. There's my, I mean, be in a safe space and make sure you know what you're doing. But if you that's need to right. take, if you need a release yeah. <laughs> and you live in the woods. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or near a, a you know a shooting range, range or something that yeah. might be a good option. Yeah. I also yeah. saw there's this um, this place in Shreveport, I think, or Bozier, and uh-huh. maybe Bozier, and where you, it's like a, a smash room or something, a rage <gasps> no room. Way. It's called a rage room, and so oh, they have it I've set up. This. Yes, I said, okay, Lawson, that might be our date night this what? week. What? <laughs> No, it's in one of those movies that my girls have made me watch. It's like a, um, oh, it's based off of a book. I can't remember now, but it looks it in great. New York. It was in New York. Yes. Um, you just basically go in this room, you, just go in you, there and you pad up, and you just mess smash stuff. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I'm thinking wow. that that might be on, be on our agenda. That's for really funny. What a weekend. great day. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, oh, goodness. thank you. I mean, what you said thank you for that and I feel like I've had several people say like your faith through this has been an inspiration or things like that and then it but like for me it's almost like okay if you only knew like if you saw me at home your insides I get that I get that you know but but what you're Everybody knows that on the inside, there's much deeper hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, and that, but, but you're still giving God the glory through it all and yeah. acknowledging that he is sovereign and he has um, the big picture plan and that you, you're trusting it as much as it hurts like crud. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. So. That is true. So now. Now we are waiting more. More waiting. <laughs> to okay. see kind of what the plan is. So we still right. have our little frozen baby in a freezer somewhere. I don't know. Um, right. It's so weird. So, so different. <laughs> um, so we're, we're meeting with our doctor to kind of figure out the next steps there. And then um, we're also very open to adoption and... You know, and I think that that's one thing that this journey has really brought out of us. We were open to it before, but um, the ways in which we're open to it now are much different, if that makes sense. So, like... So, that's a question that I've always wanted to ask, but I never wanted to 
ask it because like I just never followed through because I didn't want that to be an admission to what if it doesn't happen you know yeah um so you know I didn't ask but yeah that's we had talked about adoption you know even before we started IVF and um kind of felt like that was probably that would probably be a part of our story at some point somehow um but now it's much more of conversation and mm-hmm. like okay well what about foster to adopt versus you know just all yeah, of the conversations of that we have and the options yeah there for sure yeah so that's a whole other um whole nother message yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you ready to speak <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I said we need that. to like win the lottery or stuff oh gosh you got to play it to yeah. win it. Yeah, we're, we're like, well, okay, we'll never Out win. <laughs> but, yeah, I said, well, maybe we could start doing, like, some car washes or hey, something. Hey, yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm just going to go ahead and plug. You know, we've got our little uh, we our little baby fair that we have. Oh, yeah, that's true. Every, what, cool. October? Baby September, Bizarre. Baby thing. Bizarre. Yeah. I think that's the weirdest name. It is kind of a strange <laughs> name. Sorry, those of you, we love you, whoever <laughs> named it. We really do love you. It's like a craft show. It's a craft show. Yeah. And it's, and it's everybody comes together and they sell their goods and then they give all of the money to families who are adopting. Yeah. And it's a really cool little ministry that we have Um it's amazing. Yes, it mm-hmm. really is. It has benefited so many families um, close here in town. And we've had some families, um, you know, in distant places, too. Just people who we knew were going through the journey of adoption. So, um, we'll have to talk about that again yeah. when it's time. So, anyway, yeah. thank so, yeah. y'all for listening. Yes, thank y'all. Um and continue to pray for Becca and Lawson as they You're so go sweet. to the next steps yeah. together. Yep. We're just waiting and trusting. That's, That's what it. we're going to do. That's it. So. See you later, guys. Right. Bye.